Hello everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Today I have a very special guest on the show. Uh, I actually talked my wife, Lindsay, into coming on the show and talk today, and this is a really big deal, because Lindsay isn't really one to be the center of attention or be the one to deliver a message or any sort of public speaking. Uh, However, we do a lot of talking together. We spend a lot of time having some pretty deep conversations. And I got to say, she is one of the most profound, well-grounded, well-spoken person I have ever met in my life. And Lindsay, she opens up in this episode about some anxiety and what it's like to deal with some panic attacks and what that's like in group settings like church or small group and really be able to give some insight into what that's like. Uh, We referenced the Enneagram some and realized the definite need for that episode to be recorded soon. And, you know, this is definitely not the last time that you'll be hearing from Lindsay. Uh, You know, by the end of this episode, you know, I'm certain we could have kept talking and recorded at least three more episodes. (laughs) So without further ado, here's the conversation with my beautiful wife, Lindsay Bricker. So we're seriously sitting here at our kitchen table I'm here with my wife, Lindsay, and uh, our kids, Sophia and Ezra, they're hanging out watching some Peppa Pig. So if you hear any uh, disruptions in the background, it's just that it's some good old Peppa. So Lindsay and I have a lot of conversations, like all the time. So on a scale, Lindsay, of one to 10, what's the likelihood of us having a in-depth conversation more than a handful of times a week yeah i don't know probably almost daily so yeah deep conversations almost daily yeah just about i i would say multiple times a day we have deep conversations yeah that's true <laughs> so Lindsay has to put up with me um a lot because i'm an external processor and i have to get things out there so um yeah so i just wanted to have some conversation and just talk to Lindsay. just um really just let you guys in on some of our internal conversations that we have about things. And uh, I think right now what I've just been dealing with and what I've been thinking about today um, is just some, uh, I guess you could say anxiety just around not exactly sure what to devote yourself to in life. Um, I know, Lindsay, we all the time we're trying to figure out like which direction we should go and where to put our energy into and uh, you know what we should be doing and what's God doing in our hearts and um, it's been a unique road uh, for those of you guys that know Lindsay and I we moved to San Diego here um, almost a year so next month it'll be a year mm-hmm. that we've lived here in San Diego and uh, it's crazy to think we've been here for a year yeah already so we're here in our apartment here in San Marcos trying to decide if we're going to stay here or not. But uh, we moved out here to originally to start a church. And I think that we kind of got our world rocked whenever we moved out here and just really putting together pieces of what that means. And really, we've just spent this year figuring out, like, what is it? What is church? You know, mm-hmm. I guess been the biggest thing for me and you, you know, yeah, is figuring out, like, what's the purpose of this thing, church? Mm-hmm. Um, really asking ourselves the question of like, who is God? And, um, you know, what does it mean to have a vibrant spirituality? And, uh, you know, I think, uh, when you're trying to wade through everything and you're trying to figure it all out, 
um, and you're, you feel as if you're supposed to know everything, um, you know, it, there, it creates a lot of anxiety and we deal with anxiety in different ways. Actually, you recently started experiencing anxiety a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting because like I've always kind of dealt with it, not realizing that's what it was and dealing with it in different ways. And now that I'm Are you feeling anxiety right now? (laughs) Cue anxiety happening right now. So tell us what you learned. Tell us what you learned about whenever you feel anxiety coming on. So this is is perfect. This is exactly what we're after right now. I wanted to talk about anxiety and the unknown and just uh, how those things kind of marry up together. Uh, So what, like... I don't know. Yes, what you're experiencing right now. So you've been cool. You're sipping on your tea, hanging out. <laughs> then you begin to talk, and all of a sudden, anxiety comes. What do you do? I'm still learning how to handle it and deal with it. I think the hardest thing for me is just being able to handle the emotion and still be able to process and think through it without freezing and not being able to know what I'm even trying to say. But I think it's been a weird thing for me to experience from you. Because, yeah, because I'm like, you know, I mean, I know that you've always not been one to want to speak in front of people, which is the opposite of me. I'm a, I'm a talker. I'm a communicator, you know, Mm -hmm. on strengths finders. That's my number one thing. You know, I'm a three on the Enneagram. So it's like you're opposite of me in that way. And so you, I've always known that you just don't really like to speak in front of people. But like, I think now, and maybe we'll talk about some Enneagram stuff, but I think that even now, like as you've been actually experiencing more of like a traditional panic attack. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's been a weird thing for me to experience because we've been together for 10 years yeah. here in a couple months. I just you know? I feel like I've always, since we've been together, I've just avoided anything of that. You've not experienced that side of me because I just avoid it. Right. And <laughs> I think you, from anything like so that. us <laughs> moving out here, you're beginning to try to push yourself yeah. in new ways and we don't have... Well, we do now, but we didn't have many relationships yeah, when we moved out. Yeah, people don't know me out here. Most people back in, you know, Indy kind of knew that about me. Right, and I so mean, people know. just kind of assume like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to talk to Lindsay like I would Luke, and you're trying to respond, yeah. and yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, like... It's difficult. Right. So yeah. why do you, th- I mean, do you think it's... That, like why it's sparked up, like why it's become a thing, because it's people that you're not familiar with, you don't know, or do you think it's more so the act of doing things that are just outside of your comfort zone and you just kind of feel these attacks coming? I mean, what do you think yeah, some I think of the... it's both. I think it's just um, anytime I step out of, you know, the norm or doing things that's like even out of my character, um, I experience it and also just people not knowing who I am and... Yeah, I mean, I think when they meet you and they see you as so, like, outgoing and, um, I don't know, I maybe I, it's myself, but I feel like there's kind of that expectation um, on me as well, in a way. Yeah. Maybe because, you know, I don't know if they would expect you to be somebody that would be so quiet. <laughs> and which I think that that's part of your um, sixness, and for people that don't know about that's the Enneagram, true. that's, it, you're... You know, always coming up with scenarios in your mind of like best case and worst case, and your mind typically goes to worst case (laughs) most of the time. Most of the time, I think out of anxiety, I do that. Right. 
And so how do you... Prepare for the worst kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you navigate some of those things? I mean, because you're not... you're not a negative person. I think that's the thing. I mean, you yeah. followed me across the country, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, to a lot of unknown, a lot of stuff that is not in line mm-hmm. with who you are as yeah. a person, but yet you continue to put yourself uh, and do things actively into the face of opposition of everything that you are. And uh, so, I mean, how Which is, do- I think, I think that's part of, of who I am too. I think I like to face things that bring anxiety on me in a way. It's really odd how it's kind of both. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've experienced that in, in different ways as we were talking about the other day, even just like mm. childbirth and stuff. Like, yeah, I wanted to face that big fear, you know, of doing it naturally and not, I don't know. It's, it's odd. And I, I don't know. I've read on that even some, how some people are like that. It's like, they want to face it, but they don't, and they, you know, and they do, and then sometimes they don't. Like it's just like this back and forth. Mm. It just depends where your mind's at and what you're thinking on. Which you did. I will brag for you because you won't brag for yourself. Gave birth to both of our kids with no anything, completely natural, and I am always like bragging to people about it. And <laughs> because of my threeness, I love people's shocked reaction to it. You know, <laughs> so I, I'm referencing the enneagram a lot. So. We have Corey coming with an Enneagram episode very soon, so <laughs> this will make sense. Just keep tuning into the podcast. But uh, with that anxiety and stuff and, and facing some of the, the difficulties that come with that, uh, it's part of your personality, I think, to, to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Tell me more about what it's like living in the world of a six with the personality of, you know... Um, I guess explain a little bit of the six to us. We'll yeah. just we'll talk a little bit about the enneagram because we've been really on the enneagram a lot yeah. lately, and um, you know that. And I don't know at some point in this, I, I kind of maybe want to talk about our, uh, you know, just our situation and and kind of the the tension and the unknown of things. We might get to that. We might not. But just mm-hmm. I don't know. Just some of the nature of what your mind is like whenever it comes to anxiety and. Yeah. The personality and how that feeds into that and how I may or may not be a helpful person <laughs> whenever those things are coming about, you know. But you are at times too. Right. You are. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I feel like it is, for me, it's probably too complicated to even try to break it down. Like, And I kind of heard that on that other lady's podcast about the sixes and she was saying that it tends to be very confusing and to most people it is when you try to explain it um just the way you process and think about things and um the things you fear and and things that I don't know it's 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 confusing for me (laughs) to try to figure out you know so whenever you're fearing things I guess what that looks different for everybody yeah. you know what i mean everybody has fears everybody has their things that their strengths and weaknesses <laughs> we have different fears different people and personalities and such and so i'm just curious so like what you you deal with these anxiety attacks a lot which is a reaction to your fears mm-hmm. right so i mean what is um what is some of those things what are my fears yeah i guess what are some of your fears like because it seems to be a frequent thing and it seems to be some of the most really natural things of just like social life yeah. tend to be your greatest fears. Mm. Like 
what does that look like? Yeah. You know? Well, I think for me, it's, I think a lot of it is the attention on me. Any, any attention on me, like, to speak or to communicate something, unless I'm teaching, like, I'm training someone. I've had to train people before at different jobs, and I do really well with that. But when it's on my own, like, where I have to, you know, speak in front of people or process things, I just clam up. I think part of that is due, because I don't think that's necessarily, like, that specifically, that specific fear is the same for every six. I think it's due to just your upbringing. What are your fears? You know, things that maybe have affected you before. So how much of your fears do you think have been learned from maybe your upbringing and stuff? And and so if you don't mind, uh, you know, you were brought up in a conservative Christian home Mm -hmm. in Indiana and you were homeschooled Mm -hmm. and you had a lot of time to yourself. I know, you know, you had very limited friend group and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I kind of had the opposite experience, you know, being a pastor's kid of a, you know, a dad that was a pastor of a very large thriving church, public school, you know, I was in my class, there was, I was, you know, one of 800 plus kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and in a school, you know, over 2,000 kids, and it's like, we come from very different worlds, so I'm just curious, too. I mean, certainly our personalities are different, but I'm wondering how much of it is our, but we have very different parents, too, so I think it is yeah. partially genetic, but I think it is partially yeah. circumstantial as well. Yeah. So, I mean, how much of that do you think played into it, you know? I think a lot of it, I guess, I feel like um, a lot of it probably had to do with the fact that I was homeschooled. Um, not that that can be necessarily as like super negative, but I think for me with the type of person I am, um, just my personality and the things that I probably needed growing up would have been best for me to probably go to school. Mm -hmm. Um, I did through elementary and I actually, I even recall being kind of like the loud one in class in elementary school. Really? I got in trouble. Yeah. Which is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't um, see it at all. I, I know. I don't, I don't think, no offense, I mean, no. you're my wife, I don't think anybody would <laughs> say like... Nobody would expect that. that. Oh. Okay, Sophia, we'll get you some. I, I don't expect, you know, I, I, it surprises me when I think about it. I still think about that and I'm like, you know, that's that's really weird. Um, yeah, I was still a shy person, but um, but I do remember being more outgoing then and then... Um, when I got a middle school, I was homeschooled. And I just think that that was just a really crucial time. Like, as you know, you did youth for middle school. I think it's a really crucial time for growing up. And, you know, you're trying to figure out your identity and stuff. Um, but I just feel like um, when you're in middle school and stuff, you're just figuring out, you know, who you are. And you go through all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, your hormones are going crazy and you're trying to know who you are. Yeah. I, I, I read that, uh, or I was listening to something, and they were saying that the middle school uh, and early high school age years are the most, like, personality shaping. And I think anybody would be like, duh, you know, yeah. but I think we kind of undervalue some of that. I think we undervalue uh, the formative years, and you're right, I mean, being a youth pastor and seeing uh, how impressionable these kids are, I mean, it's ridiculous, and 
So I think for you, you know, being coming from being the the loud one in elementary school, which is kind of I mean, that's relative, but for me. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there was there wasn't that fear and I, I do think maybe an element of just innocence uh being a child played into that as yeah. well. There wasn't a lot of the awareness and stuff, but I think that when you got into that middle school time, uh, it, it didn't help. I think naturally with your personality, you're, you're not the, um, you know, super outgoing three, like on the yeah. Enneagram, you know, you're not, but I, I, I am curious. However, if you would have continued on that trajectory through elementary school into middle school and high school, if that would have changed even your personality type. Yeah. Like if you would have been a completely different, you know, number on the Enneagram scale, you know, like would that have actually been a thing? And, and that's what I've been wrestling with a lot is even with myself, like am I driven? Am I the way that I am because my – I like I grew up with a dad that was that way. And I know that that is kind of circumstantial and it is yeah. genetic as well because – I feel like my dad's a six too so I can understand that. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm sure it is both. I guess I'm just – if there is a percentage that is more one or the other, I would be curious of that, you know, because, um, like, I come from generations of entrepreneurial type of people. Yeah. My grandpa was a, a business starter, business owner guy that had only a fifth grade education, you know, but he's the smartest guy I know, you yeah. know. My dad, he's, you know, same thing, owner-operator and truck stuff as well as church plants or all of these things. And then, so here I come and I have these same stirrings and it's like wait a second is this more of you know something I've learned or is this yeah. inherent within me uh and so I wonder about that for you you know like yeah. how that I, and I I think it's I think it's kind of both too and I think as well with with it being partially you know maybe just you're kind of born into that like that's part of who you are um kind of going back to you saying you know if I would have went to school without a played out differently for me would I have become a different you know been a different number or whatever I think that because I when I went to beauty school I feel like um I was more of a healthy six yeah I like I was in front of people I had clients I had um you know I had to do speeches and right. things like that in class we had to dance every single day <laughs> which is not like me I mean I love which is still <laughs> on YouTube if anybody wants to find that <laughs> no um so I think you know I don't know if I'm answering what you were saying but I feel like um when I face my fears um consistently I feel like I tend to be more healthy yeah uh, so that's kind of weird because that's the very thing that makes you clam up. And even whenever I asked you at the beginning of our conversation here, you looked like you began to kind of look a little pale and, yeah. you know, had the fear of God in your eyes, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, and so facing your fears actually yeah. enables you to become more strong and more healthy. More healthy. And For me, it does. So, I mean, would I dare to say when you or in the midst of and face your feels, fears is when you feel fully alive? Yes. I feel way more happy. So what does that mean for you to, to yeah. what does that look like for you to feel fully alive in that? You know? The only thing I can say that I've done that's helped me with that to be healthy is just being around people. 
and um, just putting myself out there, having relationships. I think the worst thing I can do is to be at home, which is hard because in this season of my life, I'm home with the kids, which is amazing. Like, I wouldn't change that for anything. I love it. Um, I desire to be with them. But I think I have to, you know, because the longer I'm here, the harder it is for me to get out of the house sometimes and right. to get out. But it, the, when I do that, I just I notice a big difference in myself, the way I think about life. <laughs> Yeah. gets affected by if I am around people or not. You yeah. know, just, it's interesting how that all really ties in, but. Um, it's like people are your worst fear, but they're also your, your greatest strength. Yeah, like I need them. You know, I need relationships. But it is it is your one of your biggest fears. I mean, yeah. we've been around church our whole life. Lindsay and I, we, our, we, our family is, they're friends. And Lindsay and I, we had our first date at the circus. Our parents took us to the circus when we were five together. And uh, she still remembers me throwing a fit because I didn't get the sword that I wanted. You know, I was like, I want that sword. And Lindsay's like, why is this kid like throwing a fit? Because, you know, his mom and dad's not buying that. And now here we are, how many years later, you know, and I'm still like, but I want that. And Lindsay's like, no. (laughs) You know, I'm always like, you know, I need this for my Harley. I need, you know, that's just how it goes. So, um, so we've grown up going to church together and being in that context growing up. And, you know, we didn't actually start hanging out again until our teenage years. You know, started dating at 17. You know, this year will be 10 years. And so um, as we, you know, we got married young. We got married at 20. You know, I was almost 21, but still got married at 20. And uh, I began to feel that, you know, desire to want to do things in the church and get more involved in church. And that was probably some of the most uh, – that was a lot of fights that we had was how involved in church are we going to be? Like the yeah. idea of small groups. And I've never really, honest to God, I'm just going to go on record and say small groups have never been a rad thing for me. Me either. Exactly. Yeah. For either of us. And we've tried to do them in, in life groups or community groups. Or, and I just think that we've never been able to really find that. It's always been forced. It's always felt plasticky. Mm-hmm. I know for me, a big value find is authenticity, and I never feel like it's genuine, mm-hmm. even as a type three. Type threes always kind of see through the BS. That's just that's who we are yeah. um, as a personality type, and we really need that Enneagram episode yeah. <laughs> uh, recording this. But um, I think that uh, as we began to do that more, you began to dread it more and more and more. But yet, on the flip side, let's even rewind here. Um, You know, I was a youth pastor and I had small groups for my students. And, you know, whenever I started out, I was left trying to, you know, figure out this whole youth thing. You know, the youth pastor left, you know, I grew that youth group from a solid 40 to 10, you know. (laughs) And, you know, it was like, I didn't have any leaders. It was, it was a difficult thing. And so literally you helped me out. It's like people would think, Oh, obviously your wife would come help you out, you know, but it's like, no, that was a really big deal for you to come and to help me out being a girl's uh, middle school, high school, small group leader, because Mm -hmm. that's just not who you are. No, you don't enjoy that. That's not what you're like. And I think that people just didn't, I think, recognize how big of a thing it was for you to help me out in yeah. small groups. I don't think people realized how big of a thing it was um, for you to be a leader and speak in front of even middle school and high school girls. 
And so, I mean, it's been a long time since we've talked about this, mm-hmm. but just I, I just kind of want to revisit. I know we had some kind of difficult conversations even in the beginning of you doing youth and yeah. doing small groups. With it was what like, that looked like. I didn't know what my role was. Yeah, it was like I was pulling teeth a lot too because it was like your greatest fear yeah. you, were, you were facing. Yeah. You know, to sit in a room with 10 girls looking at you. Yeah. You know, and... I think for me, like, why that worked out, because I feel like it worked out well. Um, and I was going to I was gonna end that with, you were the, the go-to girl leader. From whenever I recruited new leaders, you were the one that I would have them shadow with. Not because I favored you as my wife, but because you were the best. You were the best small group leader ever. And I, I truly believe that. And that's why I always sent people to you. I mean... You know, when people would sign up on the Connect card to get plugged in, luckily we we grew. We had a solid, you know, I had a solid uh, leadership team before we left Mm -hmm. the church where it started out where it was me and you and a couple other friends that I just kind of pulled, you know, in because I was desperate, you know. But you ended up being the trophy leader of all of these people. (laughs) (laughs) You would never admit that, but I'm, and I'm not even trying to, you, and I won't even go into the details. Actually, I will. You possess so much empathy and sympathy, and you just exercise so much understanding and desire to get on their level, to know where they were, and you weren't there just to teach people. You know, you weren't just waiting for your opportunity to speak when somebody was pouring out their heart. You know, you didn't prepare your own little message for the small group after I had already spoke my message. Like, you were genuinely there for these people, but I I don't think you got there easily. So what I want to know is just how you got to that place, you know, of really being that sort of leader and overcoming that anxiety that surrounded, uh, you know, the difficulty and the frustration of the conversations that we had, you know what I mean? Like, how did you grow into that, uh, that place? Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, one of the things that we had talked about for me is like, Huge is just being able to be um, transparent with people in general, no matter who it is. So I and I always kind of struggled with being transparent just because of my own, uh, I don't know, my own opinions on myself and how I see myself. Mm. And um, I remember specifically when we were doing it that that was something that was like really heavy on my heart it's like I just need to be more transparent with these kids like that's what they need Mm. you know and stuff and I just remember getting to a place where like I need to be more like that so that helped me a lot when did you feel that anxiety started to to taper away I think once I started to understand what I was I was doing and kind of because like I said I feel like I can do okay in some form of leadership knowing what I'm leading and what I'm doing right um without it just being like you know this cookie cutter thing I feel like I was able to really make it my own right I really love that you know um I felt like I had freedom in that but also with the six it's like you feel good under leadership you feel secure that way then it's like you can lead you know so fast forward I have this desire to start a church and usually the textbook way of starting a church says just begin having a small group in your home with people that you meet and then start another one and then Start another one and then start your organization. And to you, you're like, freaking, that sounds like (laughs) hell. Yeah. You know? And so we, you know, as we've kind of been through this experience over this past year, 
you know, we've we've done a little bit of that, but not as much. And yeah. I think what's interesting is that we end up um, getting invited to go to a friend's house for a group, which I hope I'm going to have this particular person on the podcast at some point in time. I think it'd be awesome. But uh, we ended up going over to their home, uh, and you were not wanting to go. No. As a matter of fact, the first week that they began their small group, and you know they're not associated with the church or anything. Well, I know. just want to elaborate too. We, I really like them. Yes. As people though, like they're great people. So it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, you like them. I know that you like yeah. them. Um, but you just don't like the setting of facing the anxiety of being in a close quarters with people and being put on the spot to say something. Yes. And so we get invited to come and to be a part of this. And the first week, you know, I I thought you were doing it on purpose. I knew you did. You were sick. So we didn't get to go the yeah. first week. And I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You were legitimately not feeling well. You know, I was like, when you first started to say you're not feeling well, I'm like, whatever. You just seriously don't want to go to this small group, you know? And so in, in anyway, we end up uh, the next week, which was this past Sunday, going to this small group. And I've not seen you like that alive in a group and that alive when we got in the car after we left, like ever. Yeah. So like, you know, you, but before we got into there, you were really dealing with some major anxiety of, yeah. you know, going in and being, I mean, there was a dozen people there and only two of them we knew. Yeah. I mean, so... <laughs> Walk me through a little bit of that, and, and I'm going somewhere with all of this. I want to bring it back to to, to yeah. a conclusion, but walk us through some of that. Yeah, um, I, w- I mean, yeah, I was dreading it. I was really nervous, and when we got there, you know, just looking around the room, I just, I always hate meeting new people. It is probably <laughs> one thing I just. I but it makes you feel most alive. It's so I, bizarre to me. I think because I'm such a skeptical person, I just, I'm so, I have to observe before I, like, right. I'm always observing and I don't know. It's, honestly, it's, it's, it's not fun, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, I was nervous the whole entire time pretty much. And then it seemed like, um, once we had run, went around and just shared something, it just, I don't know, even just saying your name or just saying something simple, um, just kind of breaks it for me. I don't yeah. know. I mean, even though... Like, but at the same token, that's what you absolutely dread. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I will say if it's a complete... Like, if I feel like I failed at something, it's it's probably... So what know. made this group a success? Because to me, from my point of view, there wasn't much difference from this yeah. group than other groups. I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. I, I feel like... Um, I don't know. I, I, re- I have been thinking about that too. I don't know if I can pinpoint what was different, um, but I like thoroughly enjoyed the group, which is just, um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't say. I mean, maybe it was partially the fact that there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure to have to speak. It was more like a, you know, if you want to, you can. And I think I do well in those scenarios where. It's However. Like, not to cut you off, there was a few times that we were all put on the spot to speak, yeah. to say something. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, numerous more yeah. times than was ever in a you know a life group yeah. from the attractional church. Yeah. I mean. Depending what the topic is, too, if it's something that I, I'm comfortable with, I mean, it had to do with, with us or about you or something, I, I know those things really well. It's easy to, to answer those. Um, People weren't looking for your deep understanding yes. of biblical texts. And yes, I, sh- I can't hardly do that. So I guess what you're saying is, because in my experience, too, in, in small groups, is it's usually along the lines of just, you know, surfacy, like, you know, how did the message, you know, change your life this week? And it's like, yeah. you're scrambling yes. to find a good answer. And it's like, mm-hmm. so what I'm thinking is, is like, because this had a much deeper resonance with you, it was easier to speak about something that you are already naturally completely engaged with, which is our relationship. Yeah. I know, you know, this particular group, it's just, it's about you know, understanding your, your partner and, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, living life, uh, fully engaged in, you know, marriage or dating or whatever yeah. it might be, you know, there's a couple unmarried people in the group, but it's like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out for you. And for me, I'm just mind boggled too, because like, there are some things that I want to do group wise. And it's like, well, you know, my hope is, is that somebody listening to this, because in my opinion, many churches, like, they really push small groups a lot. But a lot of churches do not have people engaged in their small groups. And if they do have people engaged in their small groups, it's usually, like, people who are um, either super tight friends or they don't really follow the curriculum all that much, you know? And it's like, yeah. what is it that really draws people in to um, engaging in a, in a smaller context? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even we talk about like house church and stuff and that stuff you're just not into either. So it's like, it's, I just wonder like, what is it for people? Like what can, when, like I said, when somebody's listening to this podcast, they're like, Lindsay, I totally get it with you about having anxiety in in a small group setting. I totally get it about putting, being put on the spot about speaking in front of people. And so I guess just how can people begin to move into a place of like um, really being able to embrace what we set out to do with these quote groups? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because what you experienced Sunday night is what we would hope everybody would, would experience in any small group context anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were on cloud nine when we left that place. Yeah. You know, we talked for hours afterwards. Yeah. The next day you even woke up excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we hope for groups. Not every week's going to be, you know, uh, you know, home run, but yeah. I'm just curious about for someone like you that deals with anxiety, that deals with speaking in those contexts, like how can people begin to truly embrace and, and really get a lot out of these contexts, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, I'm still trying to like, you know, weigh it all out. What was it that really resonated with me that helped me kind of feel like myself and come alive? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, because um, we've went to other small groups together. We've led a small group. Mm-hmm. Um, we've led multiple small groups in our home and. 
um, never felt like that even at ours. You know, right. we were in my own, our own home. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. So working through some of that and, and, you know, maybe that's a to be continued sort of thing, but, um, we can kind of use that as a case study. You know, mm -hmm. I think it'd be really cool to use you mm -hmm. as a case study for, cause I think most people, I think six is the most common number for yeah. the Enneagram. So most people are probably in your spot. Yeah. And so I think it'd be a really cool thing to have people engage more in that. Cause like I said, this podcast is for people inside and outside the church. I think there's a lot of people that are inside that feel really disconnected. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a major piece of why people feel disconnected yeah. is they can't really fully engage and be excited and be who they truly are in the context of a close group of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've always kind of struggled too with, um, with the church setting. Um, I never did well in youth groups, small groups. Um, I even, yeah. And through my adult life, I just don't do well with it. And I think a lot of that is, it's just, I feel so uncomfortable just, um, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's one of those things that because of an experience, I've just kind of held on to that thinking that they're all kind of like that. What experience? Um, just with like, you know, expectation from believers and Christians and people just that, that they are, you know, that you perceive that I perceive. Yeah. Um, feeling like there is a, you know, I need to know certain things or I need to agree in a certain way. And, um, so I just struggle. Um, I really struggle with the church settings typically. Yeah. Um, I tend to be a little bit more comfortable when it's not church related. Mm. Well, I guess that is true for this actually because it it wasn't technically a biblical thing. I mean, we talked about like the five love languages. We talked about the Enneagram. We talked yeah. about, uh, you know, a few other things in line with that and understanding yeah you know, your, your person that you're with. And so it's interesting. I mean, because it, it didn't have anything to do with, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, church, if you will. Yeah. But it actually was very spiritual. It and, was. And I think that, um, so that just makes me question, like, is it like the, the, the canned stuff yeah. that you just can't mm -hmm. stand? It, I think that's what it is because I don't feel necessarily confident in all of that because that doesn't really reflect my relationship with the Lord, I don't feel like, personally, just like how I interact with God, the way I read scripture or the way how I spend time with Him or the way I even process things sometimes. Like, I just don't feel like, like a lot of times when it's in a setting, um, I don't feel comfortable with my answers because I don't feel like they really line up. Yeah. To fit in or, you know, and I'm just not one to stir the pot though either. I don't like to, I don't like controversy. You know, I don't do well with that. Mm -hmm. um, so if anything is kind of opposing to what they have to offer or say, I'm just not going to talk. Yeah. You know, and, and not that I always disagree either. I just, you know, if I have something. More and more as the years have progressed, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But um, just because, yeah. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that at that. Yeah. So, or we can talk about it. So I'm curious, you know, just a lot of that, like basically, so if a small group or a, a house church or something was maybe 
Because actually, it was really structured. It was actually very structured. Yeah. And I don't think that what we're equating it with is being unstructured. Because that's always been my thing. Whenever I hear somebody like you say that, yeah. I think immediately, oh, well, we need to make it not as structured and more of a yeah. hangout. But the problem is, and we experience this in some of our church planting stuff, when you just invite people to a hangout, people don't have a sense of why you're gathering. Yeah. And you just have these people getting together and you're just hoping good conversations mm-hmm. are happening or you're trying to make probing conversations. Yeah. And that's kind of weird too. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, for me, understanding a lot of this and figuring out myself, my own leadership you know, qualities is it's like, it's not necessarily destructuring yes. as much as it is, um, the content yes. of what it is. Is that, yep. is that true? Uh, yeah, actually. And I think about it, um, relationships is an area I feel like I have a lot of experience in with I mean, our relationships specifically. Um, right. you know, I have, feel like we can dissect, you know, and I know a lot about and things like that. And I want to know more uh, about us and how, you know, we do well together. So that whole topic was really like on point for me. Yeah. It was comfortable. I felt like I, I was excited to learn about it. I was, you know, feel like there was things I could even say that related or, you know, maybe not related to everyone. I don't know, but it, I don't know. It was different. So. Well, it was personal. It was personal. Yeah. That's true. And and I think what people are hoping in small groups is that like your relationship with God would be personal and you'd be able to speak about it like you speak about it. That's true. With your husband. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that the desire is for church leaders or spiritual leaders is that people would be able to articulate out of a place of security of knowing their own spirituality, mm-hmm. and knowing their own understanding of their relationship to God. Yeah. And I think that that's what we hope for. And so I'm not throwing you under the bus or anything, but I just think that, um, like God, I know you. So I guess not, I shouldn't even said that, but I know you and you have a very, um, big understanding of God. You view God very high, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a very, very elevated view of God and me, I'm just your husband, Luke. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think, it almost is like you're, you can be fearful to um, share about your relationship with God because maybe it's not as down to earth as what maybe people assume your relationship with God is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like more personable kind of yeah. and unique in its own way. Like you view, you view it not – I mean you do view it as a, quote, personal relationship yeah. with Jesus – but it's a very intimate thing to me, right? Though, too, yeah, it's something that's very like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it is very personal for me. And I think you are you. I don't know. I'm just trying to think about that because I would hope that like we would be able to talk about our relationship with God in the way that you were able to talk about your relationship with me. But like, I just think it's it's all in the way that you interact with that mm-hmm. relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. So I mean, like. What would it be in that context, in that small group, for it to be a – and it was spiritual. I mean it was talking yeah. about you know who you are and and how you are together and, and marriage is a spiritual thing. And so it did have that element but I guess I mean more of a focused um, you know, slant on really you know a, a group that is – surrounded in the basis is to talk about God. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, what would a more comfortable setting or content be like that for you to be able to open up more about that? Because it sounds to me just like the generic questions on the shiny laminated yeah. paper that's based from the sermon notes on the sermon series that half the churches in America are doing right now mm-hmm. because they got it on Sermon Central or whatever. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't seem genuine. And yeah. I'm thinking like, that's a, like you have such an authentic, real, unique relationship with God, and to try to express that through a very canned thing, yeah, doesn't compute. Yeah. So, like, what would be a better context and scenario for you to be able to share about that real intimacy with this God that you know you're in relationship with? Even just thinking about sharing that kind of makes me nervous. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe because. Um, because maybe I feel like it doesn't look like it should, mm. or I can't explain it to sound like it should. And so maybe you're insecure, and that's part of the yeah, sickness. Yeah, that could be. You're insecure about yeah. that relationship. Yeah. You're secure about ours because I exercise strong leadership yeah. in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But like, because God is, you know, um, not like <laughs> down, like you yeah. know, it's not like. <laughs> Standing right in front of you. Right. He's not standing right in front of you, like, <laughs> casting the yeah. orders and da-da-da-da, you know. But it's, like, mm-hmm. it's it's a very, yeah. like, it's it's on your shoulders how engaged or disengaged you are with God. Yeah. You know, and maybe that arises some insecurity about your relationship with God. Maybe. <laughs> that could very well be true. I, hmm. could, I could almost see that, actually. Um, I could see that. So you, you know, we were talking on the phone today. I was on break at lunch, um, on my lunch break, and we were chatting on the phone while I was at work, and <laughs> I was saying, you know, like, uh, that I really felt like I really needed to get back connected with, with God. I felt like I've been just kind of distant. I've not been in my normal morning routine, and I said, how have you been doing? You're like, I'm doing great, you know? Like, I've had my mornings, and I've had my time, and... And so, you know, even right now, would you be, I mean, you feel like you're in a good place with God. Mm-hmm. How, would you be able to articulate some of that? Or is there fear around that? Yeah, there's totally fear when you say that. I'm, I'm like scrambling. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say that's going to sound good right now? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the beginning of, of a panic. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And then I just lose complete train of thought. I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, you know, but if you were to, you know, tell some of our listeners about, you know, maybe a thing that you like about me as your husband and a thing you don't like, you could probably That's come true. up with that pretty quick, right? Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Not that we have to have answers right now. I'm yeah. just, you know, I wanted to have you on to interview you and, you know, <laughs> and just kind of get, you know, uh, a better understanding of anxiety and yeah. the tension of, you know, being in those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with people and, and, and all of that, I think something too is that we have, um, you know, I, I'm a visionary, I'm a big thinker, I'm a down the road kind of guy. And you're more of like, you know, let's do this week, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and so, you know, any more than that causes you anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. and you've shared that with me. And so, um, even just reconciling some of that, I mean, you know, I think yeah. me and you are figuring out our relationship and how this works with, mm-hmm. 
the differences and things. Yeah, and, and honestly, I've tried to been, be more respectful of your anxiety. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't want that. I've seen some actually really gnarly sides of it recently. Yeah. You know, I won't share some of the more intimate things of that on this. But it's like, I just... I. I don't want to be the culprit of some of those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I just think more people deal with this than not. And yeah. they medicate themselves in certain ways. And you're so against medication, you won't even take <laughs> an Advil for your headache, you know? So yeah. I think that, like, figuring out how to navigate your anxiety is a really peculiar thing to me. And I'm sure it is for you more than it is for yeah. me. But on the outside, because I'm just not that way at all. So I would just be curious just to know um, some of those ways in which we want people to engage and the tension and, uh, you know, even you have a deep relationship with God, but how do you express that? I I feel like, well, okay, let me start back here. So just a little recap. Um it wasn't not that long ago, but maybe November that I was... And it's February right now. Yeah. So. I think I was... I'm trying to remember the exact moment what I was doing. I was praying or something, and um, I felt like God told me that that's what I deal with. I'd never known it. Mm. I, I always heard people talk about anxiety, and I was like, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Not realizing that my entire life I've dealt with anxiety. Mm. And um, because the way I've handled it my whole life, I've just handled it kind of like a Band-Aid. Just kept kind of covering up and acting as if it wasn't there. Mm. Um, Because I don't do well with emotion and things. I have a hard time handling emotions sometimes, especially really strong ones. Um, So when I had realized that, you know, that is what I was dealing with, I was like, wow, like, this makes total sense. But what I felt like God would told me was, you know, is that like revealed to me that, you know, yes, that like, that is what you deal with, but also like I'm bringing you through this. Like you're going to need to come out of this, you know, stronger. And, um, a few weeks later, me and you had met with a pastor and um, we were in a, a meeting, kind of like a meeting setting, uh, an absolute meeting setting. Yeah. And there was only four of us. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of my worst fears, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> along the list of others. But and I, I look forward to meetings. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm dreading this, you know. But honestly, I was trying to handle it the best I could. And I thought I was doing great. And when we sat down and stuff, and it was kind of like the pastor really wanted to hear my heart and, and me to kind of share um, some things that have, you know, where I was at with some things. And I just... As Luke experienced, I just froze up. I tongue-tied. I couldn't hardly talk and couldn't get the words out of my mouth. Like, I just, it was awkward silence, (laughs) like, for a while. I felt so bad for you. I just knew you were scrambling in your mind. Yeah. And um, he just, you know, he heard me and, you know, he said something back. But then later on, he just told me, you know, that... um, he had confirmed, you know, what I felt like God told me was that, you know, you deal with anxiety and that, you know, I think he even said something about like God's going to, you know, 
help you bring it through this time or, you know, you're, I don't know, something along those lines. And I was like, wow, like to hear somebody else even confirm that, like I've never my entire life had anyone tell me what this was. Mm. And, you know, twice within a month, I like, it's confirmed. Like I, I know this is what I deal with, but I feel like since I have known that about myself, that, and I feel like God is bringing me through this. Like I'm, you know, going to be like, this area, this part of me isn't going to be, you know, have such a stronghold on me anymore. Yeah. You know, I guess. Um, I feel like I've had to face it yeah. a lot more lately. As you said, you've noticed. Yeah. And that's usually how you grow and you get past things. Yeah. You have to freaking hit it head on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. do you feel like you've progressed? It's hard to say because I've had like panic attacks, which I don't experience. Um, I've not experienced those in so long. So it's hard to say I am, but I feel, um, it's weird. It's kind of both. I feel good, but then I also like, I see it more often now in my life. So mm. I feel kind of like it's all that's on my mind. Right. But at the same token, like I do feel a little stronger mm. sometimes, you know, I think I am on that path though of, of it not being such gripping on me anymore, mm. you know? Mm. Well, what do you think the evidence is of that? Well, I think just by a few different things. One being that I've stepped out a little bit more with trying to meet with people. I got in touch with like a meetup group and um, I walked right up to them and it felt fine. felt normal. Mm. You know, I didn't feel intimidated. I didn't feel anxiety. I didn't feel all these things. And so I, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of like a new thing. Like, wow, like I would have expected myself to react a little differently to that. Yeah. When I came home from work, you were stoked. Yeah. I was, I was ready to get another meetup group. Right. Like, and and <laughs> share about that. So you are excited. You go to meet these ladies and you're like thrilled. Yeah. And you know, all the other, you know, chicks with jogger strollers over <laughs> here at Discovery Park in San Marcos, you know, and you come back and what, then what do you do? I'm like so excited and the fact that I got to mingle with other people and it was like normal, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't feel like a weird person. You're probably the youngest person there with two kids. Yeah, in California, people are like 40 with two yeah. year olds, you know? <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to join another meetup group. Like, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I need more people in my life. This is great, you know? And I clicked on the group and it, I went to sign up. I was like, hold on, <laughs> I can't commit to something else again, like, I just, I don't know, like, my, whatever, when all panic time, started yeah, to happen it again, did, it did, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna wait, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna do good at this group right now, stay consistent at this, <laughs> see how it goes, <laughs> oh, it's so awesome, but I, I can see, it's weird, because I've seen, I think I've just seen more of a, a, um, if you will, a polarization, like I've seen way more flare ups, but also I've seen way more breakthroughs yeah. with you. It's like, it's been really extreme. It's been temperamental almost and yeah. as far as these spells go, you know, it's either it's like cloud nine and you're like, you know, in the mix and you're like talking and like, I'm like, dang, like, dude, this is rad. Lindsay's like, you could tell you're fully alive. Yeah. And then it's the complete opposite where it's like 
you know, short of breath and, Mm -hmm. you know, running into the other room, you know, and just kind of scary, you know, especially for me. And so it's like, I just think that, you know, for people out there that have anxiety that you can speak to, not me, but I think something, uh, something that can be good for them is, is they grow, um, through that to not allow those bad anxiety attacks to think, make them think that they aren't progressing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. that actually, whenever they begin to have more, that that's more of a green light to press into the areas of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, people try to escape fear. We live in such a culture of, you know, anything at all, just medicate it. You know, you're yeah. talking about, you know, my dad, any little thing. Yeah. He's at the doctor getting antibiotics, boy. I yeah. mean, he is there, you know. Ezra had a fever for like two hours. He's like, you better get a bed, you know. And uh, it's just like we live in, in that. No offense. I mean, my dad, he, he's great. Yeah. He's, Funny too, so funny. Uh, he needs to come on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think that we live in such a medicated culture, and um, I think you're kind of a poster child for uh, working through things naturally. Yeah. A very, very holistic way of doing it, and I want to try to be the best husband I can to try to help you and grow. And like people have said for years, we were in YWAM. Um, Youth with a Mission uh, back in 2011, so that was, what, six years ago right mm-hmm. now. And uh, people were just speaking into your life like, Lindsay, you are going to have such a voice among women um, in particular, or about around people, but particularly empowering women. And when you begin to break through some of this, and I'll never forget those things. And, and I every time I bring them up to you, you're like, you just cringe. But I think this is the beginning. I think this is the genesis of, of that happening. And mm-hmm. uh, you have a story to tell. And, and I'd be very excited to see, you know, how we begin to progress and walk through this. It's only been since November that it's actually really gotten more extreme. So yeah. for anybody out there with anxiety, if it's getting worse, um, press into that. Uh, yeah. To it. It's scary, right? I mean, I can't speak for you. but Oh, yeah. You know, um, I want to have you on more as this progresses yeah. and have you on to talk about some other stuff too. But, you know, yeah. I just wanted to have you on to talk about, like I said, you know, um, uh, anxiety and, you know, the, the unknown in these groups mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, <laughs> what that does to you and, uh, just your growth and progression already. And, yeah. um, so thank you, sweetheart, for being open and honest. Yeah. And uh, to everybody around. Of course. So thank you guys for listening to the Spiritual Nomad podcast. This is my wife, Lindsay. And uh, excited to have her on again sometime.